0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wax Wednesdays podcast with Wax Romantics. This is our very first episode. It was filmed on January 2nd, 2022, over Zoom. In this episode, we introduce ourselves since it's the first episode. We talk about our holidays. We talk about the band Fish. And we review albums by Suede, U2, Thrice, and our friends, the Velveteers. We also talk about Buddhism. don't have anything to plug right now. We should have some information about upcoming music and shows here soon. But in the meantime, you could go and listen to our back catalog if if you're so inclined. Anyways, enough rambling from me. Let's go to the episode. I sincerely hope you enjoy it.
1: Waxy Wednesdays with Wax Romantics.
0: Oh yeah. It's dropping out a little bit. Oh yeah. Can you pause it for a second? Sorry, Julia, it's talking to me.
2: Yo, we got new. We got new now. Yo! 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 (laughs) Yo! Yo. (laughs) He's scared. He's scared now. His head disappeared there for a second yeah it's the background we all got the same background i like it yeah we
3: all got the same background holy shit looks good good timing good luck
2: there we oh, go here's up,
3: guys? oh here's cam What's up? Oh! we did not How have a goes? matching background
0: yeah dude cam dude, has hey. some shitty dell your pc probably couldn't are you on your pc uh yeah i'm on my little my little uh, dell it probably couldn't support a virtual background <laughs>
1: sorry fellas i'll be the outlier here today no, that's fine <laughs> you're good you're good it doesn't
0: need to be that like, cohesive okay well all of us are here
1: so, <clears> throat> um throat>
0: let's go ahead let's open i thought about a lot about like what the intro should be and it just seems super weird to like pretend anyone's listening right now or that anyone might ever listen but um so i'll just pretend like the four of us are just talking okay okay so um welcome guys to the first installment of the wax wednesday podcast with wax romantics um this podcast um is for the four of us the ones who (laughs) do indeed comprise wax romantics to come together and talk about um music and just whatever else is going on in our lives and have a little bit of a laugh. Um so, you know, maybe we'll have guests later on, maybe not. Maybe this episode will be such a colossal failure that we never do another one and never even put this one out. My only real concern is that this one is so successful and that the show becomes so successful that we're remembered as better podcasts podcasters than we are um, musicians. But I guess <laughs> I want to be too strong bad. Strong fans. Yeah,
3: strong fans. <laughs>
0: So, But that wouldn't be too bad. So there's really nothing to lose. Um, But anyways, so I'm driving this one. I think how it's going to go is we'll kind of swap off who organizes each one. But I'll do this first one. Um, So I thought since this is our very first one of these, we could start by telling everyone our name, our age, and what we're wearing right now. Does that sound good? Sounds okay, great. i'll go first um so my name is colin obviously i'm 49 and i actually wore something i don't know if you guys can see my sweater i actually wore some podcast merch which mm. i thought I, I never nice. thought i'd own podcast merch but this is from the show um bad friends have you guys heard of that podcast it's with two comedians yeah bobby lee and andrew santino
3: and, I don't want to uh, derail you right off the bat, but no, I no. just started listening to podcasts. Like within the last month, everyone's been saying for like years, like you need to listen to podcasts. They're the shit.
0: Uh-huh.
3: And <clears throat> I just started, so I actually, you asked me that question two weeks ago. I wouldn't have known, but now I know that that's a podcast.
0: Now you know. Have you listened to this one? Oh, you know I to one It's a podcast. Okay, but you haven't listened to it. One episode. Oh hell yeah! Okay, and this is a good time to point out we're doing this on Zoom, so um, we might have internet issues. I'm having one right now, but we'll work past it. We're doing it live.
2: Um, Yeah is is my Bitcoin mining in the background (laughs) good? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yours. Yeah, I'm pulling. I'm pulling three dollars a day. So hell yeah, that's no. I'm I'm really worth it. (laughs) <laughs> less than that it's expensive right. yeah anyways Keith, you want me to go next your name yeah, your age, uh, and talk about what you're okay. wearing right now uh keaton uh 37 and um i'm i have two nipple tassels in but uh they're just they're hanging so low it'd be tough to show so yeah. cool yep nice one yep All but right. they're painful they're super painful so you're welcome but i uh <laughs>
3: Sacrifice. Yeah.
2: I did the sacrifice for this podcast. Uh, it was super painful. Anyways, though, don't pretend like you did that just for the podcast. You had this. Uh, in yeah, yeah, I had, so, I had, I had no. one of them in in for, for weeks. Sure, yeah, yeah, they've been in for uh, weeks. You mean years? But yeah, <laughs> yeah. And by years, right, I mean Julian. decades.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm Julian. I uh, I just turned twelve this last <laughs> month. The big one too. Uh, yeah. I'm wearing a hoodie, 12. and I'm wearing a shirt under my hoodie, and uh, no pants, no underwear. Figured why bother? There's no point.
2: Uh, even socks? Yep. Talking socks? Yeah, I don't think any uh, no. Of I'm socks. wearing
3: socks. I have no, socks. I, my feet yeah. would be really cold. Yeah, if I wasn't wearing socks. But You'd have to I have be a
0: psychopath about... and not be wearing socks right now.
3: That'd be weird. <laughs> That'd just be weird.
2: That's some Ted Bundy type shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And last and also least in this case, Cam. Oh, no, Why no, don't no. you go? <laughs> uh,
3: my name's Rod
1: and I like to party. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm Cam Cameron, AKA Baby Wax. Um, I will be the only one to say my legitimate age 24. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, I am not wearing socks. Okay. I knew That's I was good enough to. <laughs>
0: All right. I thought that segment went well. Did you guys like it?
3: Yeah, that was great.
1: I disliked Colin saying I was both last and least, but apart from that, <laughs> <laughs> it went well. That'll probably
0: happen a lot more in this episode, Cam, because I have many more segments and you're going last in all of them.
1: <laughs> Good, because I probably bought, brought the worst album to review also.
0: Okay, sweet. Um all right. So we actually ready my next segment. We, we touched on this a little bit because Julian just mentioned it. But um, you know, I mentioned I listened to the podcast Bad Friends. I wanted to ask you guys what podcasts you listen to.
2: If you listen to podcasts Julian just started. Um, um, I listen to a lot of that's cringe, and various other Cody Co. Noel type oh yeah, Cody collabs. Co yeah I, I, a little
0: bit of yeah
2: yeah 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 so i'm kind of on uh <laughs> i also listen to like a lot of history style I, I listen to armchair historian the most but um which is some weird wacky basically they fantasize different military like just basically to get in a bunch of like fantasy military type it's very uh, eclectic type podcast you guys probably listen to I've more, heard that uh... one. no I, I dig that one have you heard of um hardcore history
0: it's uh, no i'll uh, look those, it up who does it
3: i think yeah, hardcore, hardcore history was what i listened to first uh before armchair historian
2: yeah all of them slap though for the that some of their reenactments kind of where they'll take a bunch of information from different people's war stories and kind of put them into one because a lot of them are you hear like 80 percent of a lot of people's recounts from war are over exaggerated because they're fucking getting shot at and scared yeah. and stuff. So, like, half the time what they're saying is, like, they're just fucking scared. So, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking up, I'm adding Hardcore History. There's something I need to watch. This shit looks crazy. Yeah, check that one out. Thank you. Julian, thank what you. else have
0: you been listening to?
3: Um, I just started listening to Smartless, which is, like... Oh, yeah. uh, I guess pretty well known Jason podcast. Bateman. Yeah. Bateman and Will Arnett, which honestly, Bateman and Arnett, if mm-hmm. you're listening, feel free to be guests anytime. We would be totally okay with that. Yeah. Um, I don't want yeah. Sean
0: Hayes on, though. I don't. Sean Hayes, He, he nah. brings the energy down on that one.
3: Yeah. I don't know. He's, <laughs> I don't. I never watched Will and Grace, to be honest. So maybe I just don't get it. But yeah, he's annoying as fuck. Uh, sorry if you are watching <laughs> but uh, yeah i they interview a bunch of people that i really like and i really like that it is all over the place they interview actors and comedians and musicians uh i was just listening to the rob mcclehanie one which i love rob mcclehanie and uh always sunny so um they have a nice. podcast now too the like,
0: always sunny guys
3: yeah, I honestly just binged that whole podcast as well because there's not too many episodes of it yet, but uh, man, they get derailed so quickly, so entertaining, and it makes me laugh so hard. Um, and yeah, really, honestly, other than that, I've just been listening to <clears throat> What the Fuck with Marin, which is just Mark straight interviews, really like cohesive, Classic. cut deep interviews. Yeah, that was that's an old school podcast. It's been around for a long time but uh he's got so many great guests on and also all over the place too but i feel like he goes for a lot of musicians that are like overlooked in the mainstream and so those are the episodes that i really like um and it's it's a more yeah cohesive podcast than most of the other ones out there it's not just like hey let's ramble about shit for an hour it actually has a point a and a point b so it can be refreshing sometimes
0: yeah Right on. Okay. And last and least, Cam, what podcast do you listen
1: to? <laughs> My gosh, you weren't kidding. Um, Don't say I, Joe course, Rogan. I was going to say Joe Rogan. That's <laughs> not Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> uh, but uh, not too often. I just listen to like more people, You eat a lot of ivermectin
3: too, there, Cam?
1: <laughs>
3: ivermectin. When
1: I could fit it in. Did you
0: take Alpha uh, Brain before this one to make sure you're I, sharp? I did. I did. Right on. Yeah,
1: cool. I, I drank my G Fuel, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just like the jargon I like when he has the... Because uh, he has some pretty cool stuff. I mean, like he had uh, Elon Musk. He's had... Um,
2: he had Elon Musk spoke that blunt, too.
1: Yeah, he smoked a yeah, blunt in there. I was just listening to a Snoop Dogg one yesterday morning. The, he had a Neil deGrasse Tyson one that was like four and a half hours. That was pretty awesome. But also... Neil deGrasse. Yeah, that was a good one. But on that same yeah. note, have you guys ever seen the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast? They talk about like, Oh,
0: you told me about that. That yeah. one's
1: really good. It's just science it. theory and science theory. A lot of music stuff's on there too. It's a lot of fun facts. They have a couple of musician guest artists and like, stuff like that. And then there's one, I can't remember the name. I think it's like Behind the Reel. It's like a behind the scenes movie podcast where they just have on directors and stuff and kind of interview directors and stuff. It's really cool. Um,
0: well, good segment. What guys. about you, Colin? Uh, what podcast do I listen to? Yeah, what are you on?
1: Oh, yeah, you didn't say anything, Colin.
0: Bad Friends, obviously. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, what else have we listened to? I So I recently got a... I finally did the Audible subscription thing. So I've been rocking audiobooks lately as my main form of uh, audio um, consumption. But um, I listen to uh, Bad Friends. I've i been listened, I listening to Smart List with Julia. That one's fun. Um, this is my, my favorite and this actually technically isn't a podcast it's an internet radio show there's is a difference and it's often overlooked um but uh
3: what's the difference
0: um some might say that internet radio is a more ethical form of media
3: okay. are you
1: some
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> no this one's on uh it's on apple music it's, um, Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend has a internet radio show on Apple Music called Time Crisis, and oh uh,
1: yeah, you told me about that. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, it comes it comes out bi-weekly and I listen to. I think I've heard those. about that. Yeah,
3: Actually,
0: it's really it's, it's great. You have to terrible. have an Apple Music. What would you say?
3: <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think you said something disparaging about it, but I'm gonna overlook it. But you have to have an nah. Apple Music. <laughs> uh, you have to have an Apple Music subscription, um, so it is classist in a way. So in that way, it it's was, not a more ethical form of media, and it is under the Apple uh, umbrella, which is kind of an evil super empire. Guys. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm <laughs> talking myself into a hole with it, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, Squarespace
2: you doesn't advertise on it at least. Is that a but Wozniak, t- <laughs> Wozniak literally, he owns you after you watch one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he owns you, like your firstborn at least. Mm-hmm. You do have to give him permission to your camera while you're listening. And your firstborn. Yeah. yeah, and your firstborn.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, those are, and then, you know, I'll listen to like one off podcasts every once in a while like history podcasts or you know whatever's out there oh uh you know russell brand actually has a um podcast i don't know if you guys are into football what americans would call soccer but he has a um podcast where he follows the premier league and i'm like a pretty casual soccer fan but i enjoy keeping up on the league and um uh it's fun to hear russell brand talk about it because he's a very interesting
1: yeah yeah i was just watching "Feeding sarah marshall like just last week or two weeks ago i think
0: nice that's the classic um okay so that was that segment um lots more segments coming up but first should we um do our first advertisement <laughs> yeah
3: yeah what's yeah are we we got sponsors
0: yeah yeah and julian i actually thought i'd let you take this one this one is a vegan eggnog company called um well egg Mm -hmm. Um, johnny's well egg um it's completely (laughs) vegan ethically sourced eggnog um, meant to be drinking and enjoyed by your family um during the holidays (laughs) <laughs> so you just
3: um, want me to? You just want me to get a little spot going? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: there was one thing. Um, Putin is a major oh. shareholder in, in this company. Um, <clears throat> so there has to be some sort of Soviet twist in the huh. ad, too.
3: Okay. Um. Well, I love Putin's work. I don't know if that is That's enough of start. like a tie-in, but yeah, just yeah, shout so, out to yeah. Putin. So. Honestly, he's. Solid dude, love uh, yeah, love his style. i think we call it um, baby, big, all Yep. Yeah, shout out. I'm not a big shirt guy or whatever. Love horses. Uh, love enslaving my people for my own gain. I love all that, so I can feel Putin for sure. Um, yeah, so I think not a big eggnog guy generally because I know that it's not ethically sourced. That's like my thing. The chickens are like abused. They get the shit beaten out of them. Um, they're slapped. They're told. It's not cool. The chickens are hurt on a regular basis. So ethically sourced eggnog, uh, it tastes better. Uh, they're not stressed out from all the abuse. So you can really taste that in the product. Um, they actually have a no nog all egg product. It's just one hundred percent raw egg and I'm a huge fan of that too. So yeah, shout out to them. And yeah, thanks very for sponsoring.
0: to just sell eggs. Yep.
3: Yeah. Just raw eggs in a carton for drinking, whatever. Yeah. I'm all about it. So I get my eggs
1: in, so uh, ooh, yeah, and they're not yeah, even real chicken
2: eggs. Oh, <laughs> possum! That's just a. Oh, that, that's opossum. why they're
1: so big, huh, Keats?
2: <laughs> yeah, and they're not even eggs; they're just kind of embryos. Keaton but, nests those himself. Yeah, yeah, I. They're super poisonous though, so I think they're um. What's the the uh Ooh, damn it. Um, the You're drinking eggnog right now, aren't you? I'm drinking eggnog, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm just looking up shit online. Anyways, all right, so um, what else? They,
0: thanks to Johnny's <laughs> Well Egg like for sponsoring. Um, if you want to sponsor the show, you also can. If you have a product to push, just reach out at contact at waxromantics.com. Um, we're extremely cheap. We don't prepare at all, obviously, for ads. Before, so, um. All right, the next segment is... I just wanted to ask
2: you guys how you're doing. (laughs) Keaton, how you doing? Uh, Like (laughs) I feel like a warm piece of butter on a big old slice of pancakes. Melting. Cool. Yeah. How uh, were your holidays? Jolly. Startling. Um... Did I say startling? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's weird that it's twenty twenty two. Kind of, I'm tired of. It. I'm already tired of it. So yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Me too. Um, two's. Yeah, it is a two-heavy
0: year. Yeah, Julian, Anyways. how are you doing?
3: Uh, I'm all right. Uh, how how old are you guys? You both twenty four.
0: 25?
3: I think I 49. Oh, what 49. does it say on your on your fake ID though? Um, uh,
0: fifteen. I have my fake ID Uh-oh. to get into Young Life. Uh
3: huh. That's oh, weird. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, uh, well, anyway, I turned twenty-five like right before Christmas, and so. Yeah, man. Happy birthday! I, happy birthday. Oh. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, Not to make it all about that, but it's just it's weird uh, turning like what I would say is like a landmark age because 23 and 24 and even 22 are kind of like bullshit ages. No offense, Cam. There's nothing to look forward to. But Mm. uh, 25 is like, you know, quarter of a century and you either have something for yourself or you don't and i don't know also with the holidays right next to that it's just existential as hell sometimes but uh this year i think we skated by just because the pandemic and everything didn't have to interact with anyone i didn't want to interact with just laid low and faced my existentialism by myself and now i'm chilling
0: on dude yeah, yeah i i turned 25 in september um you're old. older than you yeah but um you know we have my kind of landmark age is 33 that's of course the year that christ died um so as long that's as good as, you know i've performed some some miracles by then it's all good
1: cam how uh, how are you doing uh i'm sorry the zoom is doing something weird give me one second here okay i think i'm back but i am doing great i'm just i'm not looking forward to break being over and you know my buds are back in town so it's nice being able to see them but though you know it's all coming uh i'm very grateful for ski season though man it's a i was super bummed that the season was off to such a shitty start but now they got, like, three to four feet in some places in the last week and a half. So pumped about that. Panoramic opened yesterday. Cool stuff. Nice. What about you, yeah, Papa Wax? Um, how hard? have I been? How have uh, I been? Is that what you're asking? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> Let's <laughs> move on to the next segment. Um, <laughs> so my next segment is actually um, Multimedia. It is a, a video segment. I hope this shares well over Zoom. Let me.
2: It's letting me do all this crazy shit. So, yeah. it better. You raise your hand. Yeah, I tried to, and my thing almost crashed. I can put an raise my hand and show you guys a picture That's... of an ant.
3: What do you think the ant's for? Just people who are well, like you in ants? a meeting
2: well we don't know i could be like we could be archaeologists or like animal biologists sending each so, other yo like that's animals, like a yo.
3: scientific diagram of an ant for people who don't yeah. know what an ant looks like Whoa. yeah
2: yeah or just a quick representation of an ant you know you guys see what is
1: we want yeah Borat?
2: no
0: it's not vorat so this is um from a, a youtube channel i like a lot it's uh, channel five news it used to be called um all gas no Brakes." are you guys familiar with that?
1: oh my gosh oh got, yeah I this think guy andrew, right?
0: yeah so Is this guy andrew? andrew callahan um right. this one came out the other day and i watched it and it takes place at a fish show um in a fish parking lot So, I thought it'd just bring up some interesting discussion. Before I show the video, um, I don't think we've ever really talked about fish as a band. Where where are you guys on fish? You ever listen to fish? Have you ever been to a fish show? Are you guys even fish heads?
1: You know, actually, Tori, who's one of my best buds, he went to a fish concert back in September and And no one's seen him since. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We wish, but no, I'm just kidding. But I could not have been any more relieved that I was missing a a fish concert among all things because I normally we go together, but since it was fish, no remorse. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan.
0: Not a fan. Okay, Cam's not a fan. fan. Key and Julian, for you
3: I'm I'm uh I'm gonna agree with Cam on this one. They're not good. I can respect the musical talent, but Uh, nothing can put me to sleep faster than a fish guitar solo or keyboard break, whatever it is. It's just boring, dude. It makes me age faster. I swear to God. And also, if you are one of those people that says you like love fish and it's like, oh, they're your favorite band and you follow them around the country and like. Nah, dude, you're just like doing drugs. That's all it is. You just <laughs> getting fucking stoned in public. And I mean, I I love that as much as the next guy, but just do it at the park or like at the elementary school. The local normal freak. You don't have to do it at a fish concert. Um yep. Yeah, it's pretty much where I lie. Also, Tranastasio, that dude's worth more money than like so many people and i just don't get it i hate
0: it yeah that's a very kind vibe to be worth that much money keaton keaton where do you uh fall on fish
2: uh i'm in the same boat as julian like i like doing whippets just as much as the next guy <laughs> but like <laughs> it's so short and you're like ah that didn't increase my intelligence for very long you know so Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks for that analysis
0: of whippets. (laughs) 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 Uh, I have um, a sort of fascination with fish. I um and kind of all jam bands, especially Grateful Dead. I've always kind of I wouldn't. I've never like called myself a deadhead or a fishhead. and i don't it would take so much to get me to a fish show like it'd have to be under pretty ideal circumstances like i no way am i paying for a ticket no way am i driving if it was in an arena i'd have to be like a box seat with a ton of access to food and water and whippets whippets. (laughs) (laughs) and no way am i staying for the whole thing but um what does kind of pique my fascination is the parking lot culture around fish and you know in that the drug culture so this video focuses on the parking lot scene let me play the first little chunk of it um hopefully you guys can see this okay um since we're streaming over zoom but i'll go ahead and play it
2: little weird, but I love them a lot. But I don't understand them at all, to be honest. I listen to the lyrics and I have no idea what they're talking about. They drop albums? It's all a lie. It's 100% one song. I mean, I, I mean, I mean,
1: I mean, I mean, I think... It's
0: one song. Wow, there's more than one song.
3: Hooked on crack in 1982. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah. <laughs> see, that's the that. thing. That's yeah. They're just you go to a fish show. You're just there to do drugs in the parking lot. So, I yeah. mean, why why does it have to be fish? Why can't it just be the laundromat? Oh, I have to do laundry today. I'm just gonna go get fucked up in the parking lot of the laundromat. Why has it got to be a fish show?
0: Yeah. Why well, put more think, money in Trey's pocket? I do. To bring it all
3: back around to Putin, Trey is single handedly funding Putin's whole operation. There's no doubt about it.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure good. at least three of the dudes featured
2: in that video went to high school with us.
3: Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was meth. That was something fueled. That was scary. <laughs> that last guy I'm dude scary. he looked like santa claus but like no <laughs> no yeah. presents. he did bring up an
0: important um i, I liked that i wanted to pick that clip because i thought it'd be a good segue to reaganism and the war on drugs um <laughs> you know i do think a lot. Reagan introduced crack into inner city neighborhoods in the 80s and yep. nancy reagan actually got me hooked on diet pills which was yeah. really bad cam you remember that but
3: you look good yeah.
0: yeah i still i look kind of emaciated still my hair finally grew back i spent you have the, months, you have the quads of a horse it was like though, for a
2: dream <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
0: yeah naturally
2: <laughs> yeah well naturally but the, the 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 diet pills you know i gotta say they they help everybody's quads i think it's that's why people do it you know yeah
0: yeah that's where that's what they do the fat from everywhere else goes to the quads straight to your quads
2: i think it's like some spongebob shit you remember oh, when yeah, squidward right. eats all the it goes straight to his thighs it's like that <laughs> we could pull up a picture i could pull up a picture it's yeah yeah fun. why don't you pull a picture of that?
3: <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> the, yeah. the beautiful segue that you wanted i wish i yeah, had. yeah this is yeah, we need to get a guy
2: for that yeah
3: no um, I, I actually
0: have i have more video to share let me uh please, please let me go to the this is from the same clip just a different part of it
2: yeah i'll see. Oh,
1: that, pal- shit. Oh, that, that shit shit Outside, everywhere, every so. Look for me, Jay, I'm going and i shut it down, you hear me? Good gas ain't cheap, and cheap gas ain't good. If it's not bigger than your head, it won't put you to bed. We got the best gas on the line. Hear my man I what's off. on? Get that cheap
2: spoon shot, he'll die, you hear me? Is there a point at which someone has done so many balloons that you're gonna cut them off and be like, no
3: more? No more. No, huff till you die. Huff till you die. Fish out, Have you ever cut anybody off in the history of balloons? No, not even Jerry Garcia. Hey, Andrew. Yes, it's the baby right <laughs> your sticker is De baby inside of the grateful dead logo
1: well aren't we all hey De baby i just met you tonight you seem like a pretty good guy when your sticker was put on my shirt
3: i don't know i had to buy a couple stickers i don't think that the guy that put that sticker on you was De baby
1: <laughs> so that one
3: what the hell
0: yeah i like everyone is so chunk.
1: sweaty too
0: <laughs> i like that chunk because it shows the power of fish and how it brings people together you obviously had a lot of people from different backgrounds you had so like, many balloons yeah like one of our dads was there one of our dad's friends um thought he had met the baby um and
2: yeah had, what
3: there's you a know, lot of weird guys to doing nitrous
2: it. and yeah. Yeah, I think it goes like fish people, and then jugglos are pretty close,
0: mm, but yeah. they're
2: just not wearing face paint. You know, it's like that weird. I actually suspect although jugglos kind of have a harsher interior and they seem like
0: kind of a rougher group they're to get really in nice. with. I yeah, I suspect that once you're in that community, there's probably not a more like supported that's what i'm saying it's
2: like it's closer than you'd think and they're just it's like a music thing the music's still pretty
3: marginal but yeah
0: yeah all i
3: Weird. have to say is that if you if you do so many whippets that you have beads of sweat on your forehead then like slow that's off to you dude hell yeah. yeah that's what it's all about and also yeah. There's no way DeBaby knows anything about fish, like right? <laughs> no, no.
0: He might he might know The Grateful like, Dead fish just speaks. Be- and like yeah, fish filet
3: six. sandwiches, but like not not fish, the band.
0: Yeah. I know. He might um know a little bit about The Grateful Dead or be familiar with their iconography because of the presence and fashion they have now. You know, like a ton of brands do Grateful Dead <clears throat> collabs and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if Debaby had a casual awareness of the Grateful Dead, but definitely not Fish. Although he could surprise us. You know, he's a music industry professional. It could be that him and Trey are, you know, hanging out on the weekends.
3: Yeah. I wow. hope not for so many reasons. <laughs> yeah,
0: that'd be a rough, rough hang. Super rough vibe. Keaton, uh, I see you raise your hand on the Zoom. Do you have something you want to say?
2: Yeah, yeah here. I just found the shrimp emoji. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent. I fuck. I love Zoom for that reason. Why did? Know. Why would you need that in a? Because Colin, you're you're working mobile in a tech legit job, and you know do you use that do you use? wait look there's a
3: speed up button yeah yeah i know that i've never
2: i've been so tempted
0: to use the speed up button before but i've never to your boss you're just like the fuck up come on come on go 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 yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah no it's funny zoo i no one really ever uses sometimes people do a reaction like a hand clap or something but that's about as far as it goes um, How do you but, yeah, I like, I like that you're. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know. I like that you're using so many of the features right now because this will hopefully draw people over to watch the YouTube version instead of just an audio version
2: of this, um, and I think that would be a more interesting view. Yeah. No. And we're also we might get sponsored by Zoom. They'll be like, "Wow, these guys really utilize our features." <laughs> <laughs> This podcast (gasps) is brought to you by Zoom.
3: As Colin literally freezes.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. I'm having internet problems. Anyways, um, let's move on to the next segment. So this next segment, this is the one segment I told you guys about beforehand because uh, you needed to come prepared. But our next segment is album reviews. So... I think we should maybe, I think this would be a cool one to have in every episode. This one is random. Um, it's not like we picked a a certain genre artist from a certain, um, time period. Um, but I thought we would just go around, you know, we all picked one album, um, that we spent some time with before this episode. I thought we'd just go around and talk about which album we chose to review and then give our review of said album, um, I guess I'll go again first since I'm hosting this episode. And the album I chose to review, I actually have a physical copy of. Can you guys see that? Okay, with the Zoom background. Yes, cool. Um, this album is called um, Dogman Star by the band The London Suede. And um, I recently purchased it at a record store. I thought it was cool because it's the first album I've gotten that is clear vinyl. Can you see that? The vinyl's totally clear. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but uh, anyways, a, a little bit about the band. Um, I call them the London Suede. Interesting. That's really only what they're referred to as in America. They were formed as Suede. And are called Suede in most contexts. So I'll just call them Suede from here on. But um, Suede was formed in London, as you may have guessed, in 1989 between, uh, I think, like five people. The singer's name is a guy, Brett Anderson. And the original guitar player was named uh, Bernard Butler. And they would end up becoming one of like the big four of Britpop, along with Oasis, Blur and Pulp. And you guys know me. I'm a huge Britpop guy. Which is actually an like, entire... Maybe that'll be my next episode that i host is a brit pop dedicated episode but anyways um they released their self-title debut in 1993 and then this one came out the year after in 1994 dogman star and 94 was kind of like probably the peak year for brit pop a lot of great albums came out of that time um but interestingly this was a really dark time for the band suede i think there was some substance abuse going on they're also sort of struggling with the trappings of fame and whatnot and um there's a lot of internal strife um during the recording the original guitar player bernard left and was replaced by richard Oakes. and from my impression it was just kind of a generally bad time um for suede um but despite all that they still managed to release what I think is one of the greatest albums of the Brit pop era. And dare I say, even one of the best albums of the nineties. Um, I usually do have an affinity for albums that were recorded under like pretty miserable conditions like this one was, and still still came out sounding as good as it does. Um, like it's always amazing to me when every member hates the other and doesn't talk to them. And they're hardly in the same room during recording. And at least one member is battling some sort of like horrible addiction. Um, But the album still comes out sounding good. Maybe that's because, personally, I have to be in a pretty healthy state of mind to be creative at all. And like any recording we do, I feel like it has to be under pretty ideal conditions. It's hard to work under strife. Um, But anyways, the album is great all the way through. Um, But it's so captivating to me, actually, just because of the first side of the album. This one's a double LP, so two discs. But the A side, it's the um, first four songs. Introducing the band, We Are the Pigs, um, Heroin, and The Wild Ones is one of the greatest openings to a record ever. Um, It just has a really amazing sound. Some really dark themes throughout the album. Um, amazing songcraft. And Brett Anderson, the singer, has one of the craziest and coolest and most unique voices of any singer in the 90s, really. So that's my review of the London Suede's or Swades Dogman Star. I'm gonna give it a nine waxies out of ten waxies, only because I can't blow my entire load by giving it a 10 out of the 10 on the very first album review because then there's really nothing left to beat it um
3: but yeah to your point review. to your point about uh recording in non-ideal conditions can you maybe hear how maybe recording in non-ideal conditions influenced that album in some way yeah or is it kind of uh, like a is it just kind of like a blanket over all that shit like it's a happy album what's the vibe
0: it's definitely a dark vibe dark lyrics like sonically um you know because i feel like on some albums like that if you dig deep enough you can almost hear like a guitar part was recorded in like new york somewhere and just sent and like over the drums so like production wise it does sound like a cohesive album so you can't really get a sense of it that way but you can definitely tell they're dealing with some shit from just the the lyrics and it's just kind of an overall gloom over the record and um yeah the the lyrics and everything like i don't know how well you guys can make out this album cover but it's like pretty striking imagery it's like this super gray drab room and a guy's just like kind of lying almost looks dead on a bed naked um so yeah, it's just it's a it's a dark, gloomy album for sure.
3: I love those.
0: Yeah. Keaton okay. <laughs> has his cat Newt for audio listeners running across the screen.
2: Yeah. Um. I really enjoyed that, Colin. I like that take because it's fascinating to see how weird because yeah emotions do play a lot into the recording process it's fascinating to take that aspect i like that
0: yeah yeah i guess if you like if i wanted to go deep enough but obviously this would all be um speculation but like i guess you could say like a lot of the takes like there's so many guitar solos on the album that are done so dramatically and like there's like a poetic quality to it that someone does just feel like they're like you know Bearing their soul on the on the recording um, but anyways I highly recommend listening to the album all the way through if you haven't and you and I when we went skiing uh, before Thanksgiving I put I played a few songs from this album because that was right after I bought it and it was on heavy rotation for me um, but uh, yeah okay. great album who wants to go what next gonna
3: check it out? I want to hear Cam you want to hear mine
1: yeah, yeah. May, I, may, I ask, may I ask why
3: i I want to know what album you picked All right. so I was right. going, back Se- going
0: second and least is cam
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was i so I, when I was in the group chat earlier, I noticed that um you know Colin and Keaton said they were choosing older albums. so I was gonna choose a newer album, and I had settled on Donda, but then I was like, I can't bring Donda onto the first Ratchet <laughs> wrote podcast. So I thought about it. And one album from Colin and I were little, that honestly was like pretty influential to me was the Joshua Tree by U2. So I brought Joshua Tree, on 1987 U2 album. Um, strong, I remember, choice,
0: Cam. strong choice, strong choice. Thank one. you. But
1: when uh, when we were kids, our dad, Colin and I's dad, was in a band called Tribute to a like tri- pretty creative name there too, Tribute to. And uh, I remember like there were posters all over and like that. I think they did like coasters or some shit made of like the Joshua Tree image. I don't know if you guys see. I'll hold it up. Like the the you two kind of standing side face there, looking head on. And our dad would always dress up as the edge, like wearing the whole, the whole hat and shindig and stuff. So and the album itself is absolutely phenomenal. But I remember like when they would do a, a show, like sixty percent of their material was right off this album. but they were the streets have no name, I still have not what I'm looking for, with or without you, Both the blue sky. Those were all like in God's country, all very um, monumental. Probably in the in all of you two's top discography, that's probably pretty high up there. So I thought that'd be a, bring, a good a good one to bring on instead of fucking Donda. But <laughs> overall, I'd also give it like Colin said about Suede. I'd give it a nine out of ten album just because I don't want to say ten out of ten for the first one. We'll give it a 9.5 for the, the nostalgic factor of the album. Right on. Donda's dope. GN <laughs> <laughs> and chats Donda is
3: dope. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: uh, that's great. Um we, I said we hadn't talked about fish at all in the band, but U2 has been a heavy topic of discussion in our rehearsals and everything because we're all pretty big U2 heads. Cam, um, where does Joshua Tree sit in their discography for you? You said, obviously, that's one of the most iconic songs, but would you say that's your favorite U2 album?
1: I would say that's your favorite, my favorite U2 album. And I, I would add that the nostalgic factor does play in because like i said dad was playing so many of those songs Keen sends the shrimp emoji
0: <laughs> but uh, dropping yeah. emojis in the chat and it only it doesn't a, a notification comes up from zoom and doesn't say doesn't show the emoji it just said colon croissant colon fried shrimp
1: <laughs> 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 that's awesome but I, I would say for me, it's the, their number one, their number one album. And I think, I don't know, you know, it's one of their older ones. Like there's, for a band to have their hit, like arguably their most hit album in 1987 and then they're still releasing stuff in 2019, it's pretty incredible. You know, it's like, still relevant, I so think, it's not washable. I, right. I think
3: a really strong testament to U2 as a band is just the fact that we got four pretty different dudes sitting right here that all listen to like pretty different music on a regular basis. But one of the few bands that we all can connect back to with that, like nostalgia feeling is U2. Like that's a staple that I would say a lot of people our age and obviously everyone before us just grew up with U2 as a household name, a household band. Uh, They had their own, unique thing going on that really started with that album in 87. But, uh, yeah, just the fact that they have been releasing music, but that is the staple for, I would say, yeah, like most people who grew up and are our age now, um, that's pretty monumental.
0: Yeah, no, great point. It was r- around the, t- you know, when, um, they did that album that Apple put on all their phones pre-installed, U2 hate was heavy then and that was a tough time to be a U2 fan and you had a lot of people who didn't understand their place in musical history or the significance they have jumping on the bandwagon who were just upset that it was appearing on their phone without them having a choice and yeah that was a weird move and I wonder how they feel about that in hindsight if they'd like still back that probably not yeah um but I feel like we've kinda of, I just I remember having to defend U two to so many people then. Even like people who were hip with music and uh did know you two um were really hating on them then. And but, I um, think I think that subsided now.
1: Yeah, Kim. Would you also say the part of that like your defense was because of dad's, you know, like growing up with the dad's heavy influence? Yeah, I
0: did. I, I had a more sentimental attachment to you two because of it was like you know, the first, a lot of the first songs I learned on guitar were YouTube songs because a dad, like my first experience with audio production was like mixing covers. of you YouTube songs. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, even bef- like, even before I got super into music and like understanding the history of music, I did kind of have kind of a, a natural respect for them and kind of knew, like, it's a pretty like seminal group there. It was responsible for a lot of great music and a lot of the culture around music
3: now major cultural it. shifts yeah whether you love or hate you two you have to acknowledge the the huge cultural shifts around them especially in the late 80s when they changed how a lot of people viewed music and musicians and the industry at large it was pretty big for all of us
0: yeah and I, my favorite you two are those like i love the like very like post-punk you know, young U2, like I, lo- I love those early albums, but yeah, it does uh, another testament to them, along with what Julian was saying about all of us liking U2 is um, they could have eas- easily disappeared into kind of the um, fog that a lot of those great, like post punk UK and Ireland and Scottish bands did. But um, they rose to be obviously one of the biggest bands of all time so uh yeah definitely
1: Well, okay good review good review
3: dude
1: thanks man julian what'd you think of it
3: <laughs> good album i'm glad you didn't pick donda because i would have <laughs> yeah that fucking ripped uh, it
0: up i <laughs> would have derailed this one we should probably have a donda no let's not have a donda episode i don't want to even say that i
3: think Donda. I think donda. If, donda.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and you want to go next
2: yeah sure 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 um i was debating on what i should pick because i was dancing around with a few ideas but um i thought it would be appropriate to talk about since this is like a good friend of you and you and me Colin. um the velveteers night nightmare daydream oh yeah 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 i mean like it was incredible um i left the vinyl at jamie's house i should have um but uh it's just it's amazing to see how far a band like that has come both like creatively and because you know like we we played shows with demi um and baby when they were 15 and 16 (laughs) they couldn't even drive a car you know and now they're doing so well and i was going to highlight my favorite uh song was uh brightest light have you guys seen that music video by chance at all i don't think i've actually seen the whole mu- i saw
0: like the i don't know if they posted a trailer for it or just like little clips but uh i saw clips of it at least
2: yeah there's a there's like at i'm just looking it up right now So like but at 104 and at a couple other spots Demi is sitting on this swing set in the middle of the desert. And do you remember Ozzy, baby's dad, Colin? Uh He built this swing set in the middle of freaking nowhere for this music video. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And that was just something cool I wanted to share. I just thought it was so funny. So here, I'll send you guys a, a picture really quick to the chat. But it's, it's hilarious. It's like a full-on swing set in the middle of nowhere. Crazy. But anyways, yeah. So I and the musicality on the whole album, it's produced by Dan Auerbach, you know, from the Black Keys. So it's it, some of the tones on the album are incredible. It's super fun. And I'm happy to we, – we need to go to a show. We need to play with them someday. So, yeah, that would be yeah.
0: rad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Velveteers, great um colorado bands keaton mentioned um when keaton and i were in a, a band the band we were in high school we played with the like early incarnation of the velveteers a lot and they've um stayed together that was like 2013 2014. yeah we
2: played their very first show with them which is incredible
0: yeah yeah, it was some fun. My favorite show we played with them was in that hookah lounge in Denver. That was their the first basement. show, yeah. Was that their yeah. first one? Okay. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. if we had
2: played with them before. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, was, um, and then we played, We they opened, I felt bad at that point, but um, they played with us at uh, that place on South College, the showcase, yeah, the showcase room.
0: room. Yeah. yeah. That was,
2: that was, that was a fun. good one, too. Anyways, yeah, so, but the whole album just musically is incredible, and the songwriting is incredible, and the, I really respect a lot of the, the drum tones are a lot more, like, live feeling, and I initially was like, ah, they're not heavy enough, but, like, they're super, super, super clean and super tasteful. And I think that's kind of what they were going for overall. And I I, I think that's one of those things you got to respect the creative decision of if you want to rock the fuck out too, you can go to a concert. Yeah. You know, I like, I th- I, it's like their album's easy to listen to. Sorry, what were you going to say, Cole?
0: Oh, no, I was just going to agree with you. Uh, the drums is a good point because they are like nuanced. And it is like, I feel like with a blues rock band, like a fine line to walk, walk because you do want um sometimes like the heaviness of drums but then with that sort of music it could be so easy to sound like just kind of overproduced and like stock you know like yeah if the drums are too uh full so yeah i think that's a good point
3: i'd say it's the hardest to find that fine line with drums honestly between sounding live and in the room and uh fake and overproduced
0: yeah totally i know it was some, obviously like when you're young or julian you being a drummer and like a, na- a great drummer and natural percussionist probably always paid attention to drum tones and music when you were young but you know like i feel like for the casual listener and this was my case um for a while you know it's just the bass and drums and a song are kind of there you know and then like uh you're paying attention to like you know melodic shit and vocals and stuff but then I don't know. Once you get into music, and especially then about about recording, I got so like fascinated with drum tones and like which album had weird drums and, um, yeah, it's uh, it's probably the most like fundamental decision to make on any recording. It's like, what's the drum sound going to be? Um, but anyways, very that's true. Being. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Good call bringing in the Velveteers. Shout out Velveteers definitely listen to that album if you haven't yet and uh, oh dude that'd be a
2: strong guest to get some get Damian baby on the yeah, yeah, pod. yeah. Be, and Johnny cool. you know you guys have to meet Johnny too cuz I was about to uh, sh- share his Instagram to you guys too cuz he's a really nice guy as well and that's the um keyboard auxiliary guitar auxiliary vocal player that they brought in and he's pretty awesome he's really good Okay Brad
0: All right. And Julian, I'm uh, I'm anxious to see what Julian has picked. I'm excited, Julian.
3: Well, okay, so I kind of took an easier route, but also I kind of didn't at the same time. Um, I had the same thought as Colin, or sorry, Cam. Uh, When Colin and Keaton said they were going with the old school records, uh, I decided to go with the new school record, Um, and I was kind of tossed up about like what to review. So I just went to my Spotify, uh, like my wrapped and wound up going with my top album from last year, uh, which is the new thrice record called horizons East. Um, and I mean, I wrote like a whole lot of notes, but basically I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet. Um, it was engineered by Tepe Teranishi, who is the guitar player for Thrice, uh, in a home-built studio uh, during the pandemic. Uh, They produced it themselves and it was mixed by Scott Evans, who is a good friend of the band and also just like a known metal producer and overall solid musician. Um, So just like, it felt like a record that they just made for themselves. Um, which was honestly really refreshing because the Thrice trajectory has been kind of all over the place. and I know you guys aren't like big Thrice guys, but uh, for anyone that might be listening and interested, um, Thrice took like a pretty lengthy hiatus um, from like 2011 to 2015 and then they came back uh, with the record in 2016 uh, which was kind of uh, in a new direction for them, a little bit more like in a mainstream rock kind of uh, arena. Uh, and then they put out another record in 2019, which was also a bit more produced for the Thrice boys and just kind of like,
2: is, is that um, palms?
3: yeah, palms. Yeah. So, and okay. uh, palms is a great record, but they definitely put a lot of studio magic on it. And uh I think they just they went crazy with the experimentation in the studio and in the post. Um, and so this record was really like a return to form. I feel like they focused a lot more on ambient, um, just natural instrument sounds and vocal sounds. There's a lot less uh, overall production trickery, but I feel like it leads to a more refined overall end result. Um, and just since we are talking about drums, um, I'm a big drum sound guy and I feel like Thrice in my opinion as a drummer um which doesn't mean much uh Thrice has consistently had like the best drum tone in rock since like 2008 um and there's just been this kind of like upward trajectory of them seeing like how far they could push it and all the different ways they can take like a good solid live drum sound and this record just feels like a solid culmination of all of the past efforts, like, put together. Um, the, the drum sound blows me away, and the bass and drum, like, ambience and performance together is also rock solid. Um, the bassist and the drummer of Thrice are actually brothers. And I feel like you can kind of, in a weird way, like, hear it when you listen to them play together, just because they're very foundationally sound. Like, I don't think a band, a four-piece has, like, a better rhythm section these days than Thrice, to be honest. Um, And then, yeah, just as far as, like, the themes of the album, um, I mean, this year was, like, pretty tricky for all of us, I would say, um, with the pandemic and just a political minefield of a life that we're all navigating together and also individually at the same time. Um, the, a lot of the lyrics on the record just feel um, more so kind of accepting of the world that we live in um, while also kind of still accepting that there's a lot kind of messed up about the world at the same time. So there's angst that shines through when it really needs to um and then there is happiness and a beautiful resolution when there needs to be um i was just gonna say the best song to that end on the record in my opinion is the song dandelion wine um because it starts really bluesy there's a lot of blues and jazz influence um and it's pretty dark but it resolves on a really strong upper um just a major chord and the lyrics are kind of also at the same time, you know, accepting that the character in the song like lives in a delusion and that they're okay with the fact that, you know, things aren't all going super okay, but they're doing what they can to cope. Um, So I just feel like that's a really solid, like end note for record. And just as a Thrice fan, um, I feel like they've, outdone themselves and it's really refreshing to see a band that's been around for so long and also taken a hiatus really truly challenge themselves and put aside what they think people want them to do and just do exactly what they want to do for themselves and produce it the way they want to produce it so i mean that's pretty much all i got for that um yeah
0: Right on. Thanks, Jalen. It was a very thoughtful review. If you had to rate it out of uh, 10 waxies, how many waxies would you give it?
3: Um, I'm probably also pretty strong on like the eight to nine uh, waxies. I think giving anything a perfect 10, I don't think there's such a thing as a perfect record, to be honest. Um, there's only like one or two records that I've heard in my life where I have thought like I wouldn't change a single thing. There's definitely things I would change about this record. Um, but also, like Heaton said earlier, you have to just respect the creative process and realize that these dudes made these songs for themselves. And as long as they achieved in their goals, that's what music's all about. And uh, also, just end of being a band that evolves. Like, I don't know how you guys feel about songwriting as an overall idea, but it's really boring in my mind to like write the same song over and over and over again for like years. And a lot of artists seem to just put themselves in that box where they're just like, this is what we sound like now. And they don't the push themselves to like change their overall sound and their overall mess and how they write songs and how they communicate as a band. But I just feel like those are crucial things to do. Um, the process has to change in some way over time uh, your relationship with your songs has to change in some way over time otherwise it's just gonna get stagnant and be kind of boring so
0: totally i agree um i've always kind of uh, been on the periphery of thrice like i've always known them as like a, a cool band to be into and like i've all like I- i've listened to uh, probably like all of I haven't heard this newest album, but I think I've probably heard almost all of their music, but I've never like gone as deep as I should have with it.
3: I was just going to say being a Thrice fan, on like the inside, I feel like also the most maybe polarizing bands, as in people either fuck super hard with them or they really don't like them at all. Um, and I think it's just because They also have always been really strong in their convictions, which is just to say they've always done what they want to do. Um, And it's not necessarily conventional. And also there's a huge, I think, delusion of around thrice is like they're a Christian rock band because technically they are. And a lot of his earlier lyrics are about like religion and specifically like Christianity and his relationship with that. Um, But also I feel like, and this is just a personal opinion, I feel like all those words are open-ended enough that you can change them into a story about yourself or your life, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about religion or God, because I know not everybody is super into that, and that's fine, too, but just don't put up the blocker of like, oh Thrice is a Christian rock band,
0: so therefore they suck. Yeah, no, absolutely. A lot of the greatest songs ever written have been about religion. But um yeah, so I always like was a rare aware of Thrice as a cool band to like but this to bring it back uh Julian to the Always Sunny podcast. The last episode I listened to they actually mentioned Mm -hmm. Thrice because I think it was in Charlie's apartment maybe they had They're in the bar. Oh, it's on the bar. Okay, yeah. There's a thrice sticker somewhere in the bar. And um in the podcast they said they had a bunch of thrice fans hitting them up early in the day being like, I still you guys are like into Thrice and like putting the band out there. But really like it was just a set decoration. None of them knew who Thrice <laughs> was. <laughs> yeah. And Howerton I, had, even I remember <laughs> just go ahead.
3: I was just gonna say in yeah, in that podcast, Howerton says like uh you know, hopefully that boosted Thrice's career in some way. Unless yeah, yeah. Thrice sucks, in which case, fuck Thrice.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like, you haven't even heard them yet? Uh, you'd think you'd put on a Thrice album then if people were hitting it. But uh that's okay. Um, but anyways, great reviews, guys. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, Thank you, sir. I, I um, um, definitely would suggests that everyone go listen to those albums if they hadn't yet and uh let us know what you think if you're so inclined if you agree with our reviews well this will be our last segment you guys and um for this segment i thought it'd be good to leave our listeners off with some philosophy that may be able to help us through um oh i love lives. riddles it's not a riddle. Um, <laughs> common misconception that philosophy is the same as riddles. That's okay, Cam. But this bit of philosophy is. I'm, um, I'm not going to. From. Oh, God damn it! I'm so, I'm so <laughs> angry. All right, sorry guys. Just taking a breath there. Um, this is from my favorite school of thoughts slash world religions, which is Buddhism. Um, I've had a fascination with Buddhism for a long time now. Um, But this book I have today is one of my um, favorite books on Buddhism. It's called Why Buddhism is True, The Science and Philosophy of Meditation and Enlightenment by Robert Wright. I have it right here. Um, Robert Wright is a psychologist, I believe. And in this book, um, he takes kind of a pretty... um, practical and scientific look at Buddhism and kind of breaks past the mysticism, um, trying to explain why its core tenets are effective beliefs to kind of implement our own lives and why a lot of modern psychology and um, just like our studies on what a healthy mind state is, is, is stuff that Buddhism has already uncovered. So a lot of the beginning of the book talks about our feelings, a big part of meditation or any mindfulness practice really is um, sort of to detach yourself from your feelings. You you don't really repress bad feelings or force good feelings to rise. Um, You just sort of picture you're in a, a green grass of your consciousness and looking up at the sky and you observe the feelings that pass by as you would observe clouds um you know clouds don't really mean anything we don't let them dictate anything in our lives they just sort of happen and they're not permanent um and so a sort of implied uh, conclusion that comes from this is, uh, and uh implied philosophy in buddhism is that our feelings are really just illusions um, and this sort of sounds easy to accept, I guess, um, and, and maybe even a little benign that of course our feelings are illusions. But when you really think about it, it does um, have a lot of of deeper implications because if if you think about it, you know, that means really all of our reality is an illusion because pretty much everything in society and in our personal lives are, in a way, a result of the way someone was feeling or the way yourself was feeling. Like recently, if Mark Zuckerberg didn't feel so in a, in, um, inadequate and didn't put so much stock into that feeling of inadequacy, he probably wouldn't create the metaverse. We wouldn't have to live our lives in some like shitty postmodern Huxley-esque, <laughs> quasi-real, half-fake, virtual reality, yeah. detached from all. Um, meaning an and human point. connection um so anyways enough about my feelings of the metaverse
1: and our final segment just a metaverse discussion <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this was all built up the buddhist thing was just built up <laughs> uh,
0: um but anyways so uh, chapter three of this book is called when are feelings illusions um like i said he had been talking about um our feelings a lot early in this book and he kind of summarizes here in this chapter, um, with a recap of what he calls our levels of dilution. So level one, our feelings weren't designed to depict reality accurately, even in our natural environment. Feelings were designed to get the genes of our hunter-gatherer ancestors into the next generation. If that meant diluting our ancestors, making them so fearful that they see a snake that isn't actually there, so be it. This class of illusions, natural illusions, help explain a lot of distortions in our apprehension of the world, especially the social world, warped ideas about ourselves, about our friends, our kin, our enemies, our casual acquaintances, and even strangers. So that's the first level of delusion. Level two the fact, and this is, I'll say, I'll preface this by saying this is my favorite level of delusion. The fact that we're not living in a natural environment makes our feelings even less reali- re- reliable guides to reality. So it's kind of saying, you know, well, religion, or, well um, feelings are illusions maybe there's a purpose for them maybe they help us out in some ways definitely when we were like hunter gatherers living in caves and such it was good to have feelings of fear um because there was a lot to be afraid of and it would help to carry genes into the next uh it, it, you know to pass your genes along um but now that we are, are so detached from our once natural environment and live in this crazy world um our feelings are uh, even more pointless than they were before. So feelings that are designed to create illusions such as seeing a snake that isn't there may at least have the virtue of increasing the organism's prospects for surviving and reproducing, but the modern environment can take various kinds of feelings that served our ancestors in this Darwinian sense and render them counterproductive in the same sense. They may actually lower a person's life expectancy. Violent rage and the yearnings of a sweet tooth are good examples. These feelings were once true at least in the pragmatic pragmatic sense of guiding the organism towards behaviors that were in some sense good for it, but now they're likely to mislead. So our once useful feelings, illusions, you could call them, are now even more misguided and are actually counterproductive um, to, to the purpose they once perhaps served. And then finally, the third level of delusion underlying it all is the happiness delusion. As the Buddha emphasized, our ongoing attempts to feel better tend to involve an overestimation of how long better is going to last. What's more, when better ends, it can be followed by worse. An unsettled feeling, a thirst for more, long before psychologists were describing the hedonic treadmill, the Buddha saw it. So, those are the three levels of delusion from Robert Wright's Why Buddhism is True, the Science and Philosophy of Meditation and Enlightenment. And I really hope that you guys liked that bit of philosophy. What did you guys think of that? How do you feel That's about awesome. Buddhism, about our feelings? <clears throat> yeah.
3: It's definitely all true to a certain extent. Like the things that we feel now were once things we felt for totally different reasons and our world has evolved faster than like our species can keep up with that. And I do feel like that's why people have a lot of anxiety, uh, especially in a younger age is because it's like, we always feel like there's something we're supposed to be doing because in a, in a larger sense, there was a lot more we were like responsible for just to stay alive um not super long ago in the grand scheme of things but now uh we have everything given to us on a silver platter so our feelings i feel like have not been able to catch up with that reality at this point so that's a super interesting thing to be told from like a scientific perspective
0: yeah, absolutely. No, it's an age of anxiety. And yeah, we have so many, um, uh, like, a uh, genetic programming that just has no use at all in a lot of sense. Um, Keaton, how do you feel? I feel like you're, you're a, uh, very naturally, I feel like since we've been young, you've been able to uh, recognize feelings as illusions. Uh, you very much live on the periphery of, uh society and often what it would be called societally acceptable and i feel like that is because you have a, a, such a, a a deep relationship with the buddha and the illusionary nature of
2: everything well thank you thank uh, <laughs> i was a good i uh, you know you bringing that up really kind of evokes a lot of like yeah where do all these angsty emotions come from when you're in this age period and that's a really good point that you made julian where yeah we were probably like hundreds of years ago was supposed to be really hustling um and it's not like we're we're still hustling but it just in different ways now that may not be killing animals so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think sir i appreciate you sharing that with us con
3: in a way i mean there didn't used to I, this is an obvious statement. There was never such a thing as like days off or downtime. It's like you always got to have your head turned over your shoulder so that something doesn't fucking eat you or like stab you and like take your yeah. children away from you. Like that's how I always feel now is like, oh my God, there's someone around me. Like, ah.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. And I, Keaton I, and Cam, with you guys being in school now, I don't know if you feel this way, but when I was, Ah uh, still doing my undergrad, you know you'd look forward all semester to winter break and I'd enjoy the first like day of it and then I'd fall into a terrible depression, like the second day because I'd like think I just want to sit around and watch TV. and then that second day of just watching TV and like drinking at home all day, I'd like enter a very dark place. Has that happened to you guys?
1: I guess, yeah, that that happens to me for sure. I also I love like, having like after like a busy week or whatever having some downtime like i really appreciate that alone time but i feel like yeah routine is necessary like that's like as much of a driving factor as like breathing eating sleeping like you need routine you need like the reason to get to bed in the morning because it is so easy like just go onto your phone you know just go play your instrument or whatever and just forget about your fucking day but like that is yeah. so easy to do and like everyone wants to do it that's like that's ever like ideally like that's what you want to do it just like chill but and then you get to you get to doing that But I also feel like part of that is the brain, especially in this day and age, this also relates to the Buddha thing. Like the brain very much like craves what it can't have and what it doesn't have. Like the second you stimulate it with one thing, it's like everyone's attention span is really only 25 minutes or so before you're just
3: like this. Yeah. We've been trained to be used to the idea of having stuff constantly thrown at us. And so Mm -hmm. when we don't have that, we're just like, well, what do we do? How do we manage? not having anything in front of us and that's kind of sad too because like i don't know what do you guys remember the last time when you were able to just sit in a room and and it was quiet and like you were comfortable with that like i yeah i really know that's what i've been working on lately
1: like that yeah but like when i finally found a spot sorry go
0: ahead Cole. uh sorry i was just gonna say i'm finally at a spot or trying to get to a spot like i picked I used to meditate a lot back in the day and I just finally picked it back up and but not like you know 20 minutes is is a long time for that and uh um yeah, it's it's weird like once you do start meditating like the first couple of sessions are so are for, usually for everybody like so uncomfortable and it is like it's a weird thing it's like why can't I just be with myself here um but yeah mm-hmm. it's weird sorry can a lot say? of those
3: a lot of those Things that used to be taken as privileges are now we feel like God given rights. I feel like, like 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, having like a smartphone all the time was like a privilege. That's like something you had to work for. Now it's just something you like have to have to, like, honestly, yeah, to look at stay a menu in contact at a with restaurant. anybody else. Or, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like pull up a menu, fucking anything. It's all on your phone now. Yeah. And we don't have that choice. It's not like I can just say, oh, I don't want to have a smartphone. So I'm not going to like. In a I know you used to be it. able
0: to be like, have the option to be quirky and like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm going to have a flip phone. But now like, yeah. can, you couldn't function in America, at least without one.
1: Yeah. Like the smartphone is very much, that is a twisted T. I knew that was a twisted T, Julie. And I asked you like an hour ago and I don't think you heard me, but that's totally a twisted T. <laughs> but I feel like the uh, the smartphone is like, the first ever invention in all of humankind is like literally like man-made extension of yourself like it is a part of you like i forget
3: i think honestly this might be a really really long big uh full circle back to the joe rogan podcast i think it was elon musk on the joe rogan podcast who was talking about the theory that your flip phone or sorry, your smartphone, whatever device you use to connect to the electronic world, that is like an altered version of yourself. It's it's an alter ego. It's like a clone of you. It
1: is. You exist
3: in a totally different persona and as a totally different being online. And <clears throat> whether you're on Instagram right now or not, that alter ego is somewhat acting on your behalf and interacting on your behalf acting as you um and displaying you to like everybody else and i think we all know this Uh, it's all pretty true and universal that no one is exactly the way they are on their instagram page Um, so it's just really at this point we're living with juggling two different versions of ourselves this is this is the real me this is how i interact with people on a face-to-face basis but then there's also the instagram me who might be chill with telling strangers to like go fuck themselves or like you know whatever it might be the internet is strange like that but i know the real me would never walk up to a stranger in the street and be like oh we have different opinions so like go fuck yourself like i hate right. you yeah um, and it, alter- no one ever used to put credence like
0: yeah no one would put credence into how they behaved on the internet because it was like a, a fake space but really it's a nev- another uh, level of your consciousness like it's all yeah part of of your own
3: and it becomes self increasingly a uh, reflection of who you are in the real world going oh i saw this person doing this on instagram therefore i feel that that translates to how they are in real life in x y and z ways it's crazy
0: well guys that was a, a very uh, inspired conversation very deep way to end our very first podcast episode so i think that went pretty well mm-hmm. uh, what do you guys think
1: not bad I'm good we got it we got a clap from keats <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i think Ian's use of zoom um features and their reactions was the highlight for me um i like plant uh, yeah. album reviews eggplant nice The sick that zoom has the eggplant
1: <laughs> i know
0: <laughs> i'm really excited um, about it so Who would like to drive the next
3: episode? Any volunteers? I think uh, we should do this popcorn style. Colin, you should just you should delegate who's doing. Okay, I delegate driving the next one.
0: Um, all right, I'll I'll pick Cam. Cam, you get the next one. Is
1: it next Sunday? I assume. Are we doing Sunday? Sunday thing? Yeah, we can record whenever. We'll put
0: we'll put all these episodes out on Wednesdays purely for the alliteration of Wax Wednesdays. Okay. Um, But we can record whenever. So if Sunday works for you guys, I think that'll work for me.
1: Yeah, but I'm happy to. I'll do the next one for sure. Okay. So, are we continuing album prompt, or should I bring my own new prompt? Like, I feel like
0: I think that's a segment we should keep constant. I like that one. Yeah. But um, the rest of it you can pick and choose.
1: Okay, I'll write a few.
0: Maybe and I liked I liked ending with some like deeper like philosophical thing too. Yeah, I'll prepare like a little...
1: I'll do kind of what some your philosophy you
0: like, like for sure. But uh, other than that, it can be whatever you want.
1: I'm just gonna rehearse the poems from *Hobbit*: *Unexpected Journey*. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get some token
0: up in this beach. <laughs> okay, well, cool guys. I love you.
1: I love you, Rex. You're love ready. y'all. Dolphin love.
0: Have a great, happy, happy um, Rest of your evening, and um, we'll talk soon.
1: Yes, see you soon.
0: See
1: you
3: soon, fellas. Bye. Bye. Waxy Wednesdays with Wax Romantics.